What's going on? This is the After the Snow podcast brought to you by Breakbeat Media. You know, we're that new authentically hip hop podcast network. And uh, I'm your co-host, Dave Mays. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Breakbeat. Uh, happy to join you guys every week on this After the Snow podcast, along with my illustrious co-host, Mr. Freeway, Rick Ross. What up, Dave? What's up? What's up, Rick? Man, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah. Feeling Another good? Day in the office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things been going all right. You know, we're we, we, we going to keep fighting, Dave. Definitely, definitely. Tell, tell everyone uh, where you're at, what part of the country, and what you're doing out there. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, one of my old stomping grounds back in the days, you know. Um, at Busy One Radio Station. You know, getting okay. ready, man. Uh, can't wait to get started on this new episode. Uh, well, not a new episode. It's an old episode, but it's the first time that we ever uh, uh, ventured into this episode. So um should be interesting. Dope, dope. Yeah, shout out Cincinnati. It's a, a long history of hip-hop in that town. Uh, going back to the 80s, I remember when I was first doing The Source and talking to a lot of radio and DJs around the country. ICD, he was he was the, the guy out there really uh, holding hip-hop down for the city. Uh, hopefully, he's he's still around and doing well. Uh, so, shout-out Cincinnati. Somebody just told me the Isley Brothers is from here. Man, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Cincinnati is rich, though, you know, uh, uh, with, with talent and, and with good people. You know, I stayed here about a year and a half. You know, yeah. in my in my heyday, and, and and I fell in love with the town, man. They had to run me out. <laughs> <laughs> the feds ran me out, man. I didn't uh, want to go. Hey, Dave, I didn't want to go. The feds <laughs> <told> me. <laughs> they said you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be good to be be back in in your old stomping grounds, visiting and 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 putting in that good work out there for for the people. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a, a fundraiser today uh, uh, and tomorrow for uh, uh, orphans, uh, uh, you know, kids that's in foster homes and uh, just different places, you know, because when those kids get out sometimes, uh, they don't have any backing, you know. A lot of times they're in uh, foster homes because their mom or dad went to jail, got on drugs, or, or maybe got killed, or, you know, whatever thing happened, um, molested in the home. Uh, and then when they when they get out at 18 years old, you know, they don't have anywhere to go. So uh, shout out to Xavier for uh, raising money for those kids. Definitely. Definitely. So we're going to we're going to jump right in. You know, we uh, went back and we started watching the first season of Snowfall. Um, so that's uh, uh, season one. And we just watched episode two, um, which is called make them birds fly and uh like i said i can remember when this first came out a number of years back and uh being you know anticipating uh watching it and uh it kept me kept me going i mean the second episode was was solid um a lot of interesting things are taking place and stories developing but uh you know i know it's a little different for you but what 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 uh what, <laughs> how'd you feel how'd you feel watching watching the episode well, you know what? It, it's 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 more realistic. You know, uh, uh, I can say that much for it. Uh, there were some parts that 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 I had some some disagreements with. I don't think that they really uh, um, 
gave the audience a chance to really see the the character grow in, into the business. You know, uh, it's very sudden that somebody walks into into uh, uh, the game and, and, and they get a kilo of cocaine, especially at, at, at 12,000 a kilo. Uh, right. You know, my first kilo I bought day was like, Forty-eight thousand, forty-five thousand dollars. You know, so right. Uh, right. I, I had to work my way up from 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 a, a gram of cocaine. So when I see somebody just walk in and, and the first time they meet the guy, you know, he gives him a key of cocaine. I was like, wow, lucky guy. You know, yeah. how fortunate was he? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they they definitely sped the the process up to get Franklin up and running and, and in the mix with the Mexicans and, you know, the CIA and uh, the Israeli gangster and so on. Um, they definitely sped that up. So, you know, that's all good. You know, it just leaves more material for you, you know, to cover when you, your movie comes out to get into more of the, you know, background and, and uh, what you really went through and uh, getting things going and how you got there and, and your own series, which I know you're working on both of those. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, I'm ecstatic to, to be able, because I think that's so important to, to really get the gist of, of what it takes. And I think that's what people want. People want to know how do these how are these people are created? You know, how how do they come about? You know, do they just fall out of the sky? And pretty much the way the way they're showing it here is that, you know, he, he really just fell out of the sky. You know, he ran into Ivy and, um, you know, Ivy uh, put him down, per se. But I never wanted to be put down. You know, when, when somebody puts you down, they can always take it away from you. So uh, I believe that it's always better when you when you earn your your, your keep on yeah. your own. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of interesting uh, characters that we're learning more about um, as the second episode unfolds. Um, you know, we're seeing some really significant themes that the show is kind of able to tie together in a in a you know way that you know generally makes sense and and is is certainly interesting and that's you know everything from you know family um money um the cia you know the mexicans race is is in the mix already here you know between the black folks the latinos and the white white people as well we're seeing all, all elements of of uh, the racial dynamics coming out in this in this second episode as well, so um, you know it's a lot of lot of uh, compelling stuff. Um, I mean, we uh, we're getting to know Teddy a little bit better, um, the new the new CIA guy who's who's taking over for the hard partying uh, Logan that OD'd last week. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and Teddy's character, you, you, you're getting to see. Um, Basically, how he got to where he was when 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 uh when we started the show. So, uh, we're getting definitely getting some understanding from that. Um, and 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 at this time, Teddy seems like he's pretty straightforward. You know, at this time, uh, right. um, not cutting the corners that 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 he he does later on in in, in the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, Teddy to me, uh, you know, they first show him, you know, as kind of just this sort of quiet, you know, unassuming, you know, kind of guy behind the desk. But he seems like he's quickly coming into his own in his new role here, starting to take charge. And like you said, no nonsense. You know, we're going to uh, close this house down and find a new, you know, stash spot immediately. 
you know, of course, he's getting into it with Alejandro over the uh, earring that he found on the scene. And, um, you know, so he's really trying to, you know, cover all the bases. But, um, you know, also. Um, and the blonde hair. He had he found the blonde hair, too. Remember? That's right. That's right. So he, he's figuring he's figuring that more went on than, than what Alejandro had talked to him about. And, you know, he asked he asked Alejandro to be to be straight up with him. And uh, uh, he knows that he's lying to him. I, I believe that he knows that he's lying to him. Right. You know, uh, um, remember, he also said he found blood all over the house. So it was more yeah. than just uh, one place so that he found blood. Yeah. So that's that no nonsense attitude. Like, you know, we're going to we're going to, you know, get to the bottom of this. We got to be, you know, 100 percent with each other but we also start to see him you know i think in the scene where he um goes back to see avi the second time because you know they showed up at avi's uh the first time you know there was a, a lot of drama with um avi pulling the gun on him and accusing him of wearing a wire and everybody's undressing you know that was a pretty interesting scene um and by the time he comes back to see Avi later on um, in, in the episode, um, you know, he's like playing kind of hardball with Avi and says, look, man, you know, I'm just here to tell you we're not doing business no more. He calls Avi's bluff and has Avi apologizing to him and, you know, kind of laying down the rules and even even asking to have a drink uh, together. So we're seeing Teddy, you know, quickly go from this unassuming, quiet guy to, uh, you know, this new head of you know cia drug international drug operations and, and you know what else too and now, now uh apparently now i don't know if i'm if i'm wrong or not, or not but teddy teddy and and them just missed franklin at the house remember because the guy was sick that's right and 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 that's what caused all the disturbance when teddy and them had to leave Yep. And then shortly after that, Franklin comes and takes the same guy to the hospital. That is the same guy, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah they, did so, just, they did just miss each other. Franklin shows up shortly after um, Teddy and Alejandro leave. Now, that, now that could have really been a, a coincidence, you know, with, with them bumping heads uh, um, that early in, 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 in the scene. Yeah. Well, well they, they, they look like they're, you know, heading to start to get to know each other. And, you know, these are all the kind of main characters we're starting to get a feel for. Um, I wanted to talk about Avi since we're, we're mentioning him. I mean, he's such a, he's such a, you know, a crazy guy. We talked a little bit about him last week and, and how wild he was in that first episode. And we see, you know, we see more of it, but he still, um, you know, seems to sort of have like a, a little bit of a, a fatherly instinct with with uh, Franklin and and trying to bring some some wisdom, you know, amidst his his craziness. Um, you know, did did you ever run into anybody that resembles Avi in in your travels? You know, nah, nah, I wouldn't have put up with Avi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have put up with nobody pointing no gun at me, talking about put on no vest, telling me I got to strip and get naked. You know, uh, those those were out. Uh, um, you know, when you when you come with the cash, you don't have to take no bullshit. So, you know, I usually came with my cash and let my cash talk. Um, but I, I I haven't ran into body. You know, no. Uh, you know, drinking and, and all that partying and in the game, the way I was in it uh, was definitely a liability. 
you know, you definitely didn't want to be in those positions. Uh, 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 and that's one of the reasons that I don't drink today is because, you know, I always thought, you know, you wake up drunk in somebody's trunk uh, was definitely not where I wanted to be. And, um, you know, but Avi, Avi got an army around him, so I guess he can he can pretty much uh, do what he want to do. A couple more people I think we should talk about, um, you know, also also is starting to become an interesting guy, you know, going from, you know, this uh, street fighter wrestler uh, character and, you know, now working his way into this Mexican cartel um, with uh, Lucia or Lucia and Pedro uh, that are first cousins, you know, their, uh, their fathers are, are brothers and they're the, apparently the heads of this pretty large Mexican cartel. And, um, but also it's interesting, um, you know, as somebody that's kind of going to bring, let's, I don't know if you call it a voice of reason or sort of a sense of, of standards and morals, you know, he, he's really upset when he finds out the job that they sent him to do was to steal money from, you know, uh, Pedro's dad and Lucia's uncle. Um, and of course, you know, he gets surprised there by one of, uh, the dad's, you know, guys and ends up having to kill him. And, uh, he's not happy about that. And, and, you know, you see that kind of like, oh, you know, you would betray your own family for money. And he's really concerned about that. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, I, and I, I admired that about him as well. Uh, because I think it's pretty low when you start stealing from your loved ones, you know, uh, Stealing is one thing, but then when you start stealing from your dad and your mom and your uncles, you know, that, that that's something else. But also it's kind of falling for Lucille already. You know, he sees this little pretty girl and uh, I think he's already started to fall for her and, and pretty much anything that she's doing, he's going to be there to protect her. I think he, he, he looks at himself as as her protector, almost some, somebody who's supposed to watch over her. And um, uh, that that was interesting. But yeah, I I, I, I like Oso's uh, morals and 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 his loyalty too. You know, his his loyalty is 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 pretty strong. Yeah, even even like when he uh, in the scene where Teddy, um, uh, they're over Teddy's I guess house. Him and Lucia show up, and you know they meet Teddy for the first time. Um, you know, he's a little standoffish. Of course, Teddy's acting a little bit you know strange and trying to be funny or whatever it is. and uh, But at the end, you know, he shakes his hand, also looks at it, thinks about it, said, okay, you know, we're going to be doing business together. You know, I'm at least going to shake your hand. That's the type of guy he is. Um, you know, we're seeing that already. Yeah, he, you, have to, you have to wear him down. You know, you have to prove your loyalty to him and, and your sincerity before he's going to uh, cut into you. Yeah, and- yeah. Which I, so, I like that about I like that about him. So so we learn, you know, that the reason that um, the kids here, these cousins are, are going to the links of robbing their own dad is because they, they desperately want to get into the cocaine business. And, you know, I guess they've been dealing weed um, and now they have an opportunity, apparently, to get into the coke business. They need some cash to make the buy. And this was their plan to, uh, you know, steal the money from their dad and put it back before he knew it was missing. Um, But, you know, they're definitely uh, very desperate to get into the cocaine business. 
um, which is interesting. Again, just to you know, look at the the evolution of drug business in the '80s, and at what point you know cocaine starts to become uh, in 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 more demand. Well, you know what else really surprised me when they did the numbers, you know, on on, on the cocaine, uh, they, and they they were adding up the numbers, and I I thought those numbers were pretty significant. Uh, at one time, they said a kilo is going for twelve thousand dollars, and then they said that they're gonna make off of 25 kilos, a million, a million, two and a half million dollars. I'm like, what kind of numbers y'all using? Uh, <laughs> the numbers are all over the place, you know. Uh, and that that's a lot of times, you know, that's how the police do with the numbers. They just throw numbers out. They don't really sit down and, 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 and add up, you know, what, what's really going on. Because you see, when Franklin is getting the kilos, I think he's he's getting them for 12,000 from Ivy. And I think he sent them to the girl for 16,000. 16, so that's only, you know, uh, 16,000 a kilo. So if you got 25 kilos, 16 a piece, you know, I mean, it's a nice money, but it ain't, it is nowhere near two and a half million dollars. Right. Well, well, but, but I wanted to ask you about this because when they go uh, to their, you know, their secret location, go through some type of, club thing and then they go through the back of course and there's their you know the the, the mexican ladies are waiting uh who are going to be um you know i guess bagging up the cocaine um you know they make them strip down um but when when she's introducing also to that whole thing she's she's breaking it down um you know all the different levels and steps but you know they're they're not just selling large amounts they're actually breaking this down and selling it in smaller you know uh, in grams. amounts yeah grams he was talking about a hundred dollars a gram um but yeah i wanted to see what you thought of that whole scene well, of like well, a coke we, house set up like that and some of the other things he mentioned about what they would do you know they got to pay this person the dealer gets 10 percent. we got to pay off these people she kind of really went into detail it was a lot it was a lot she was saying a lot you know uh i wasn't able to write everything down but i i caught a few things that she said she was saying that a gram was going for 100 bucks and then they they took in so many losses you know they could they could count on losing uh, uh, 10 bags bursting, or, you know, just different little scenarios that, that, uh, uh, I don't know how she was able to, 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 to predict those things, but you know, at the end of the day she was, but it's, it's really tough. If kilos are selling on the street for 16,000 a kilo, um, it would take me a few minutes to do the math, but I, I can imagine that's probably around 16 bucks a gram roughly so if one person is selling grams for 16 bucks a gram and then another one is selling them for 100 bucks a gram it's 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 pretty far fetched you know usually the prices are pretty level around around the city you know when 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 you're dropping them off they it kind of levels off the the prices of what what it goes for so to say that they're getting a 100 dollars a gram it's it's kind of far fetched when when kilos are selling for 16,000 yeah. So um, I know your main uh, supplier ended up being a Nicaraguan. Um, and of course, we have him represented in the show here with Alejandro. But um, what was the you know, place of the Mexicans at that time in terms of, you know, this game? Were the Mexican cartels, you know, that prevalent 
you know, on your scene and in the cocaine business, or did that come later? The Mexican uh, cartel came later. Um, <coughs> um, first, it was the Colombian and the blacks, you know, working together. Um, the blacks started to rob the, 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 the Colombians, you know, started to take their cocaine. And that's when they went to the Mexican cartel. Uh, first, you know, blacks control the market at first. The, oh, so the, the Colombians brought it to Mexicans. Right. Where the Colombians started, you know, once once that they found out that the black market wasn't wasn't uh, uh, going to make it anymore, you know, because what happened is is once the cops came in and scooped up all of the drug, all the black drug dealers, you know, they in in. Uh, I guess probably like 87, 86, they started like wiping out everybody, you know, all the guys with the names. So once they wiped those guys out, then the the, the, the Colombian cartels started dealing with other guys who were not hustlers. You know, that's probably where, you know, where they went to a guy like Franklin who had never uh, 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 sold drugs before and gave him a kilo of cocaine. Well, you know, quite naturally what the gangbangers going to do, they're going to take it from him. They're not going to pay for it. Right. Right. And so yes. after that started happening so many times, you know, uh, the Colombians kind of wised up and say, you know what, we're going to start giving this to the Mexicans. Hmm. And then the Mexicans would be the intermediaries to any of the black dealers. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, it's interesting to learn. I mean, there was a few other things that that, that stood out. Um, um, you know, the <laughs> there's a scene where Franklin goes with his mom to uh, help evict this woman out of these, you know, rundown projects or tenements. You know that uh, the white man slumlord, slumlord, slumlords. That's what we call them. Yeah, um, but uh, since he's smart. And she goes in and has Franklin open up the vent and and discovers the chicken milk bomb. Um, <laughs> I didn't know anything about that. Did, did, you ever heard of a chicken milk bomb? Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. That that sound. I mean, it must be. I'm thinking it must be a real thing. She said that I guess they leave the the chicken and the milk in a jar in the vent hidden, and then at some point it expands, it explodes, and destroys the apartment so it's a way for you to you know kind of sabotage uh the landlord but um she ends yeah up i heard that i i never heard of that before though <laughs> yeah uh, that, was a, gotta, that was the first for me we gotta we gotta Tarek, we gotta we gotta do some research on the chicken milk bomb, <laughs> uh find out where, that where did that from. come from huh <laughs> sound like some 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 witch doctor stuff to me you know maybe some some louisiana okay uh, it uh, could be witchcraft or something you know what they, they put it together could be, could be um and um so let's talk look, about frank and look like franklin mom is messing with the with the with the slumlord you know the way he's putting his hands on her i don't know if you saw that or not mm. but mm. franklin caught that the way he was uh putting his hand on her on her waist and franklin didn't really care for it did right. you didn't see that right before right. they threw the right before they threw the the uh the milk bomb no i didn't but but remember last week we talked about how her her sweater was ripped when she got home so that that could be all the same thing he might be getting a little rough with her and uh you know maybe yeah, she's doing some extras 
she's doing yeah. some extras other than other than than collecting rent. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I think all, all of this serves as motivation for Franklin. Franklin's like he don't want to see his mom going through this. He don't want to see her having to deal with this this type of person, the slum lord. He just you know he he really wants to be able to to do more. Um, and we see you know after this little taste he gets. Um, he's hooked, you know, he's hooked on making money, you know, he's in, he's in, he's, he's ready to get back and re up. Um, and we also see him starting to have some fun. Um, he does go out and, you know, on a spur of the moment and just buy the motorcycle on the street off the guy. Um, and he's off riding. Um, did you ever, did you ever ride motorcycles? I can't remember if I've asked you that before. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had, I had motorcycles. Yeah. I had, I had a motorcycle that, um, I bought from uh, some guys, uh, Vance and Hines. I don't know if you know who they are, but they, they was the fastest guys, motorcycle guys in the world. So I bought a motorcycle off of them one time uh, that, that had just set a world record, matter of fact. Uh, and I had I had a couple street bikes too, but I, I didn't ride much. You know, it was just uh, ride for 15, 20 minutes and go put it up. I was always a little leery of motorcycles uh, for that vulnerability, vulnerability of not uh, not being safe. Right. Right. But you but you, you know, generally you like to have fun and do some kind of thrill seeking things. You talked about your boat, your boats and, and you know, speed boat and everything. Uh, would you oh, yeah. Those? Dirt bikes. I had dirt bikes. You know, I, I, I was more with the dirt bikes than street bikes, but I had street bikes, too. You know, I had a Z1 or a Kawasaki. Uh, okay. uh, you know, we used to fix them up like low riders, put the fancy paint jobs on them and the wheels um but i hardly wrote it you know it was just just once in a while just a show thing you know when when i want to go show off on a sunday or something like that you know you might pull it out and and ride down the street and let everybody wave at you you know but not 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 a regular motorcycle rider he looked more like he was using his motorcycle as his transportation you know and then um i i, I couldn't use a motorcycle as transportation it was to me too dangerous All right any other um, thrill-seeking memories you have? Uh, you know, I had the drag car. You know, I had a, 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 a pro comp car. Uh, was going to jump into the um, pro stocker was my goal. Uh, I, I thought about one day being a, a race car driver, you know, becoming a professional race car driver. So okay. so I did that as well. <laughs> I, had a, I had a few, you know, I had a few, few you know, a few thrills you know when when you when you start having that money you start to uh look for ways to broaden your horizon you know uh, uh do some things that you never thought you'd be able to do before yeah well how about how about these days rick you still you know get excited about you know thrill thrilling experiences doing anything along those lines these days uh not really you know when 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 you get older you know you slow down a little bit you don't want to you don't want to take those falls you know when you're younger you can take those falls on those motorcycles and recover but when you get old you recover real slow so um now i think my 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 thrills are are creating businesses and 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 winning yeah so um yeah i guess i want to wrap up on on franklin a little bit more um you know, he's, uh, um, you know, he's also starting to quickly come into his own. Like I said, he's, he's, you know, he's hooked right away on the money and, um, you know, having the fun, but he's also dealing with problems. He's also continuing to show he can be calm under pressure. You know, he has no problem 
jumping in Ivy's Rolls Royce with a, a, a half dead guy in the back seat, um, you know, just uh, dropping him off at the hospital to help help uh, Ivy out. Um, and, uh, you know, we get a little glimpse of, of the love interest side of Franklin uh, with with Melody continuing his next door neighbor who he, he bumps into uh, uh, outside one one evening while he's walking home with his, his bag of kilos. <laughs> yeah, that was another one. Just walking around with kilos. I mean, cuffing, cuffing the bag. You know, like damn, put that shit up. You know what I'm saying? When I when when I got my first gram, Dave, I was nervous as hell. You know, I I, I thought the FBI was watching me, the CIA, everybody. You know, it's like, you know, I don't know. It, it would be hard for me. You know, first starting out to have a kilo of cocaine, I probably would have drove myself. N- you know, crazy. I'd been peeping out the windows and, and everything else, having that much cocaine all at one time. Right. right. Well, so the very, the very end of the episode, Franklin is all excited. Got his motorcycle. He got took care of business for Abby. He's got, I guess, two more keys uh, on hand. He's back to go see Claudia at the at the nightclub, and um, you know. Uh, he thinks everything's cool. They go inside. They they sit down. She tries to short him a couple grand and see if he wants to, you know, explore any of the things she got going on in, in her nightclub after hours. But he says, no, nah, I'm just, you know, just give me my money. Give me the whole 32 grand. Uh, so he gets his money um, and then he goes out to take off in the back. And, of course, you know, he's set up by these two, you know, two guys that pull up on him beat the crap out of him, steal his, uh, his money. Um, so we know he's not going to be happy about that. That's a lesson. Get that money and run. <laughs> Don't be hanging around, waiting around, looking. Uh, uh, yeah, because I, I thought he had time to, 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 to make a move, you know, and get out of there uh, uh, when he saw those guys. And, and I think he waited too late, you know, to make his move. Uh, but that's another lesson that, 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 that he just learned, you know, you got to watch out for the jackets now too. Right. Right. I mean, it looks like the lady of Claudia probably set him up, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She put him up on him, but, uh, you know, he gotta be, he gotta be alert. You know, when you're talking about walking around the neighborhood, when you're the only one with, you know, with money, you know, you got 30, some $32,000 and everybody else is, you know, it's, it's, it's pitching pennies. Uh, it's a dangerous situation. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Franklin responds to this and what he's, what he's prepared to do to try to get his money because he's got to get that money to uh, Avi now. He doesn't want to let Avi down. So we'll see, we'll see what happens next week. Um, you don't want to owe Avi. You don't want to no. owe Avi. <laughs> No, he don't. Avi already knows where he lives and everything. So Avi's a loose cannon. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's there's great music in the show again this week, which is another staple of of the production. You know, really great music. Even the um, background sound effects I notice when you're watching, you're hearing things in the background, the environment and everything are really really well well done. Um, but yeah, they end uh, the end with Franklin getting getting. The shit beat out of him while uh, "Lovely Day" Bill Withers is playing in the background. So, uh, you know, just when you think everything's, you know, looking up, you're catching this 
this beat down and and losing all your money yeah that's tragic yeah yeah but good music throughout so uh you know shout out to the snowfall team on the on the music selection john singleton the you know the creator of snowfall was was obviously hands-on in this early stages um you know rest in peace to john um so yeah this is uh this is after the snow um we're going to keep going with season one um we'll be back again next week talking about the third episode um we hope that you guys will keep keep on with the ride we're working on some some more guests that we'll be announcing soon uh, to have back on the show um so yeah this is after the snow we're part of breakbeat media home to don't call me white girl home to the new funny marco podcast coming soon uh home to the unsigned hype story that's coming the documentary podcast coming soon home to trapping anonymous um a few more things i might be forgetting but uh breakbeat uh making up making its mark out here we're happy to you know bring this content to you guys yep yep yeah well um can't wait till next week man we we get to this next episode and see what happens after the beat down uh see how he's gonna recover this money this is gonna be interesting you know uh i think it's kind of hard to recover 36 32 000 in the hood you know right uh, and i i know whoever took it don't want to give it back one thing about robbers when they take it they don't plan on giving it back so this is going to be interesting to see i will stay tuned y'all we'll see y'all next week after the snow we out peace peace